You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to call in. The number is 608 Just leave a message and we'll get to it when we get to it. However, new callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers, but we do have Aaron. Aaron would like to say something. What's up, Aaron? Hey, Ryan. This is Aaron. Oh. Um, I just want to give a quick call. I'm going to preface this. Press it. Oh. I can't talk today. I'm going to preface this by saying that I don't really get scared easily, and for people to jump scare me, it's kind of difficult. Um, but anyways, that being said, um, my Thomas Austin shirt finally <laughs> arrived yesterday uh, in the mail. And so I washed it and everything, and I did what most people do and they just and I just threw all my clothes on the on, on a chair in my room and whatever but then I put the Thomas Austin shirt like draped over all the clothes right, right. so he would be looking out at the room and I, re- I didn't realize how bad of an idea that was because um there's just if you picture it there is that picture on the shirt that's just staring on it in a room and so i forget about it i go to sleep i have a really good sleep and i'm like oh this is great i wake up feeling really refreshed i sit up and oh my goodness there's this guy staring back at me (laughs) and i like i'm like i almost screamed i'm like what is this guy doing in here and then i realized it's my thomas austin shirt um and anyways that was a fun morning but but in honor of getting the Thomas Austin shirt, I just put it on and I felt the need to call and ask you a couple questions. Sure. Um, I, I don't know why it came over me, but uh, here's a, what are the questions. Let, let's go. Um, so you know that outer space and stars exist, right? And sometimes they form things called constellations. Sure. Um, if you were a constellation, <laughs> what constellation would you be? This is a Thomas Austin question. Is that the point of this? Is that okay? You probably answered it by now. I didn't. All right. Um, let me let me pull up a list and see if we can figure something out here. Thomas number two. 
This via constellationguide.com. Andromeda, Antilla. Let's see. <laughs> Look at the English names. We have Andromeda, Air Pump, Bird of Paradise, Water Bearer, Eagle, Altar, Ram, uh, Charioteer, Herdsman, Chisel, Giraffe, Crab, Hunting Dogs. It doesn't sound as cool in English. Greater Dog, Lesser Dog. Sea Goat, Keel, Cassiopeia, Centaur, Cephas, Whale, that's rude, Chameleon, Compass, Dove, Bernice's Hair, <laughs> Southern Crown, Northern Crown, Crow, Cup, Southern Cross, Swan, Dolphin, Dolphin Fish, really, Dragon, it's pretty dope, Little Horse, um... Eridinus, which I guess means river. I don't know why you wouldn't just put river in there, because that's what we're doing here. Furnace. Twins, Crane, Hercules, which is Hercules. Pendulum Clock. Hydra, Water Snake, a male water snake, for that matter, for those that are curious. Indian, Lizard, Lion, Lesser Lion. Hare, Scales, Wolf, Lynx, Lair, Table Mountain. That's a winner. Microscope, Unicorn, Fly, Level, Octant, Serpent Bearer, Orion, Peacock, Pegasus, Perseus, Phoenix, Easel, Fishes, Southern Fish, Stern, Compass, Reticle, Arrow, Archer, Scorpion, Sculptor, Shield, Snake, Sextant, Bull, Telescope, Triangle, Southern Triangle, Toucan, Great Bear, Little Bear, Sails, Virgin, Flying Fish, and Fox. Um, I think the dumbest one is Air Pump, so I'm going to go with that and just say Antilla. Plus, it kind of works with having a podcast, you know, hot air and whatnot. So we'll go with Antilla, which according to constellationguide.com means air pump. Um, that, I, I think that's a good constellation and it fits you really well, uh, Ryan. <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, because I don't know what, I don't know you personally, so I don't know what constellation would fit you and you know uh -huh. yourself a lot better than I do. Yeah, air pump. Um, thing. anyways, um, trees are pretty cool, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so what is your favorite thing about trees? Oh, I got to answer. Um, I guess fruit's pretty cool. Fruit would be an answer. Oranges and stuff. That's a great thing about yeah. trees, Ryan. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to take this Thomas Austin shirt off now. I'm going to put on a different one. This it, It's a little weird. Okay. Uh, okay, bye. All righty. See you later, Aaron. Sorry about the scare. Thomas, stop breaking into people's houses. It's JJ. Uh, come on. Hello. See these graphics. Hmm. They're posted all over Twitter, I presume Facebook. And I don't really mind when it's just from some low-level muck like me. This is my favorite game to play when, like, a, the most important part gets cut out. And I have to use context clues to figure out what we're talking about. Ready, go. So you get like, you know, ESPN or CBS to post these graphics, yep. right? And seemingly what they're trying to do is show you how some guy who 
maybe he's kind of just started to make a name for himself or has been around for a while but doesn't have a sterling reputation, is secretly elite. Because here's some very right. specific stats. Got so it. They always now. frame it like, you know, only two players have ever had six or more games where in the third quarter they had four touchdowns, two interceptions, and 18 rushing yards. It's Kirk Cousins and LeBron James. <laughs> like, okay, I remember they used to do this with Yannick Ngakwe all the time. Uh, yep. Like, between the years of 2019 to 2021, excluding 2020, there's only four players who have 11 games or more with at least four sacks, two pass deflections, and a pick six. And it's Yannick Ngakwe, and then three really good players. I don't know. It's just Again, if it was some little schmuck like me trying to get attention, that'd be one thing. I just feel like it's kind of beneath these big, you know, media, commentary, sports pages. It's just boring. It's, it's, it's like, I think if you'd only ever seen one, it'd be cool. But, great, I'm just going to throw this on the pile of 240 other such graphics I've seen about other players in the last three weeks. Yeah, there's one floating around. If you get into some arguments with Bears fans, you'll see it pop up a lot. Um, there is a Justin Fields statistic, and it shows... I'm trying to peruse around and see if I can find it, but it's something to the effect of from week 9 to week 15, and then they show his stats, and they're they're pretty solid stats. But why are you showing me that? What a lot of them will tell you, and I think the first time somebody posted it, I didn't really catch it at first. It, it didn't, you know, because what they, they tell me the point of it, and then they show me a graphic, and I didn't really catch the, the, the title. But they said, look how good he was to end the season. Well, last I checked, the season doesn't end week 15. Why did you stop the stats at week 15? And if it's because his stats actually aren't good the second half of the season, then that destroys your entire point, so why are you even showing me this? Either show me the entire second half of the season to see if you have a point, or what are we doing here? Because, it, I mean, it would, it would actually be somewhat worthwhile if you, if you showed me, for example, I mentioned the Packers the last four weeks. It's way too small of a sample size to make any sweeping uh, assessments, plus it's a new year, you never know what's going to change, what kind of things they're going to adapt to, or whatever. I don't know what it was, but at least you can look at it and say, okay, you had the, the, the bye week right before, they explicitly said that they made... Okay, be right there. You can't Okay. Okay. Thank you for the update. I'll be up in a minute. Thank you so much. I love it just barging in the door. Oh, boy. Apparently, I have to get going. This is why we're missing uh, podcasts, by the way. It just There's a lot of, you know, other responsibilities, like watching some kids while other kids do other things. Anyways, let me finish the thought. If I can remember what we were talking about. Oh, it you you have certain aspects of it that could correlate 
to something actually getting figured out, right? They ended the entire, they went all the way through the end of the season looking really good based on a specific change that was made. And we already know that we have good football players on the, on the defense. So there's at least reason to believe it. You show me week, you know, a, a span of what, six weeks, seven weeks, whatever it was, I don't know what the weeks were, and specifically omit the last three games of the season, or you're, you're, you're just lying. And you, you even wrote it right there. I'm lying about this, right in the title. When you say he ended the season, but show me stats that don't represent him ending the season, it represents a cherry-picked moment of time, which doesn't actually give any broader data, right? Like, if you, here's the thing, and I mentioned this with the Yannick Ngakwe thing as well. If you want to attempt to actually honestly ascertain whether somebody is good or bad, or, or whether somebody is trying to actually ascertain whether somebody is good or bad, the point of the process should be you develop the process first and then you apply it to the players. When somebody very clearly started with the player and worked backwards to the part at which they're either good or bad, that's being dishonest. Showing me weeks 10 through 15 or whatever is very obvious. Nobody in their right mind would have developed that criteria to decide whether somebody's a good football player or whether they'll be a good... Nobody would say, you know what we really need is I want to know passer rating, touchdowns, interceptions, and, and yards, and completion percentage. I want to know that, and let's do weeks 10 through, let's call it 15, because I feel like that's the... There is no reason for anybody to ever do that, aside from I'm trying to lie to you. That's it. And I can at least to some degree... Well, I guess I can understand it for everybody. Fans do it to try to win arguments. I mean, assuming you're an idiot and can't see the obvious. And then media members will do stuff like that because we need to get people hyped up and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I, I, I would rather just be accurate about stuff. Hey, Ryan, it's Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. New. Um, <laughs> hey, I just heard you talking about uh, the... Uh, hyping of the seventh round receiver and all the craziness for Toure and whatnot. Um, agreed. Like, no assumptions, right? So we don't know how good or bad any of these guys are going to be. But right. I will say that every time I hear a little something about that, all I ever think of is Donald Driver. And I think, hmm, never know. There's got to be another Donald Driver someday, you know? And somehow that guy did it. So um, I I hope that one of these guys will be that because I hope that we get a ton of value out of a seventh-round pick like we did with Driver Um, because I think that would be super cool, obviously. Um, But to assume and argue that, like, you know these guys are going to be whatever they're going to be, I think that's where people go wrong. I think it's just important to, like, be a fan and not pretend to be an expert. I think that's the difference. You know, fan ends for fanatic, and it's just about, you know, enjoying it and rooting for it, like rooting for it, not, you know, declaring things. I think that's the difference. Um, anyway, go back. Go. Yeah, and it, it is a fine line, because I, I just scolded everybody on... Uh online about you know being miserable for uh you know tearing down otas right because it's one thing to just have fun and be excited and support your team and all that right if, if you were like dude i like samori Ture, man and i came along and was like did you know that his 
passer rating when targeted was uh, uh, right. You're not trying to make any kind of claim. You're just enjoying things. And I'm just there to kick you. Because some people do that. They'll just walk around and kick you for the sake of kicking you. There was a quote-unquote touchdown pass from Jordan Love to Christian Watson. And every single comment was negative. He almost dropped it. Ball was thrown behind him. Shorts and t-shirts. Like, guys, can you shut up? You're so stupid. You're so stupid. It drives me insane. Shut up. However... There is at some point a line, right? If people are actually saying, you know, I actually, dude, he looked good in OTAs. I think he's going to be something. I'm not saying it's open season to to totally be a D-bag, but that would probably be where you would come out with the, yeah, I'm not super convinced because there are too many variables that aren't accounted for when we're talking about OTAs, like, you know, not having a defense or whatever. <sighs> Stuff like that. But there is a line there, right? And so for like Samori Ture. Like you said, it's entirely possible he could have a good career. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I am noticing a pattern of... It's, it's, it, it almost seems like it's more so, like the later round guys with, with the hype, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. The third round guys get more love than... Or the, the third string quarterbacks get more love than Jordan Love does. You know, Jaden Reed is... And I don't know if it's just compared to expectations or something. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand it. Maybe it's just because you want to be a little more hot takey and... Not just be obvious, like, well, I think Jaden Reed and, and uh, Lucas Van Ness will be our best picks, which is probably the smart thing to do, because if you're a betting man, that would make the most sense, or Musgrave or whatever. But when you get into the, like, he actually had a really good season last year, like, Samori Ture was really good, and I think he's going to be a star for us, or I think he's, he's going to be, like, our number two, or number, I think he might actually be our slot guy and all that. I mean, you can think it, but I don't want you to have wrong information and think that he was actually a really good receiver last year, because in an actuality, he wasn't. And just from a statistical standpoint, like you mentioned Donald Driver, that's where my mind goes to as well whenever I say seventh-round pick isn't good. Of course there are seventh-round picks that have panned out. But if we were looking at it from a percentage standpoint, is it 50%? Is it 25%? Is it 10%? Is it 5%? Is it 1%? Is it even 1% that a seventh-round wide receiver ends up being a legitimate, let's say, number one wide receiver? I mean, if, you, if, if the only thought all of us collectively have is Donald Driver, who was drafted, I believe, in 1999, I think that makes my point for me a little bit more so than maybe some people would think. So I'm not saying don't root for him. I'm not saying dump on him. I'm not trying to get everybody to, you know, every time somebody says something positive about Samori Ture, it's like, he's never going to be good. I'm not saying that. You shouldn't say that. He's a Packer. Support the guy. I just think there is way too often there are so many hot takes, especially about wide receivers, and especially 6th, 7th round and undrafted free agent wide receivers, so many hot takes about how good these guys are going to be. And I'm just saying you're setting yourself up for failure because, I mean, if you were putting money on these bets, you'd be losing all of your money. So, And that is kind of the balance of the podcast a little bit. On one hand, we're Packer fans. We're trying to have a good time. We're trying to have fun and just celebrate and be a little ridiculous. On the other hand, we want to be accurate and correct, right? So that is the situation we're in. Hello. All right, that didn't work. Kyle, should we try that again? Hey, Ryan. Kyle from Madison. What's up? Just listening to the pod from a few days ago. I think it is one one. And one of the topics came up was one of, what is one of the coolest live events you've seen? Mm-hmm. I want to chime in. So from a, a live music standpoint, uh, grew up in the Madison area. In the 90s, we used to go to a little theater downtown Madison. It's still there. I think it's been surpassed by some of the newer theaters, but 
little, little uh, I think his name probably fits about 800, maybe a little less, maybe 500. He was called the Barrymore, very famous. And in the 90s, I was maybe 15. And we went to go see a guy named Mike Watt. He used to be in, he's a bassist for a band called Firehose. Kind of an indie rock group. But he would always have guest musicians. And we would go to any, any live music then. So me and my friends went and I don't know what we were up to. Uh, probably getting some bathtubs of beer from the beer stand. You know, they were pretty relaxed about that kind of thing back then. But the opening group... Uh, was an experimental band, and actually it ended up being Eddie Vedder and his wife. And then a little band that nobody had ever heard of was playing one of its very first shows. The band was called Foo Fighters. Wow. And we are in the front row, and this was, I don't know, maybe a year after Kurt Cobain had died. And Dave Grohl comes out, pats me, and they start cranking through. We had never heard of them. They were just starting out, and it was amazing. And then Mike Watt gets on stage for his show, the headline, and midway through, Dave Grohl comes back out and hops on the drums. Eddie Vedder comes back out and gets on a guitar. And I believe Les Claypool, bassist from Primus, was there as well. Uh, that was back in the MTV News days. And I remember True. Kurt Loder doing like a live <laughs> update on television from, from this concert because it was such an event. Wild, wild times. One of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. From a sporting event standpoint, however, not such great news. Because I feel like you gotta you got to swing big for these sporting events if you're going to be at something great, which means high risk, high reward. So unfortunately, I have the honor of being at both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers' final games wow. as a Green Bay Packer, as well as our playoff loss to the 49ers in that 15, 14-15. So... Oof, you know, uh, had those gone the other way, they'd probably be my greatest sporting event. I will say the U.S. beating Mexico in Soldier Field in 2004 in the Gold Cup was absolutely amazing. Packers, not such good luck. Take care, buddy. Yeah, no, that's pretty, uh, those were pretty big. The, the, I think the, I probably mentioned this before, but the best concert I've been to, as weird as it sounds, because it's not like a big event, um, the most fun I had was, it was Kid Rock and something else, but that was like, in college, it was me and a car full of girls driving down to Milwaukee, and it was just a blast of a time. The concert was decent. The best actual concert I've seen was Alice Cooper at Summerfest, which is weird because it was, you know, Summerfest just has these lineups, and there's a billion different bands and everything else. And I used to work at uh, Mitchell Airport in Milwaukee, so I would just hop on a bus from the airport to the Summerfest grounds, hop off, and just go see, because for like almost no money you get like a full pass for every single day so you just walk in and i went by myself i just walked over there and it was just a fantastic fantastic concert very weird but it was my favorite but yeah i don't think i've been to too many major sporting events the most uh, recognizable one would be that uh packer game where the packers beat the lions to make them go to owen was it owen 16 at the time that was fun that was cool this is the Packernet Podcast Radio Network. We are a pay per call show. Please dial 1 900 Wet Pack. 1 900 W E T P A C K. Answer all your questions in the order they are received. What the heck is Wet Pack? 
That's weird. Hey, Becky. Hey. Office reference, why? You just said that. Gosh. Media. I declare the Packers are rebuilding! So much lamer now that I did it. That's what the new rules you gotta sit here for another three minutes with me while I think of other stuff now. I can't call in multiple times. <laughs> Thanks to frickin' Rico. You know, you could think of stuff before you call, would be one idea. <clears throat> if you well, wanted, Rico? wanted to. Is this better? <laughs> or is me calling in for 15 seconds four times better? All right, I think we get the point. You made your point. Well done. Uh, Dakota, that nerd, what's going on? Uh, hey, y'all, this is Dakota, that nerd, you can see. Um, hold on, I'm frogging through traffic right now, so give me a moment to not get hit. Uh, I was calling in reference to Jersey Mike's, um, call saying that we downgraded, or, well, we upgraded in every aspect, including quarterback. Locked out of the vehicle, so give me a moment, I will call back. <laughs> and... And then you didn't call back. I mean, I got a call the next day from you. All right. Well, I was curious to see where that was going, but uh, we'll go to go back to Kyle, I guess. Hey, Ryan. Kyle, Madison, second time today. I'm just catching up on all these great podcasts from the last few days. So, sorry to jump twice in one day, but I'm working my way through them, and uh, a lot of good things to talk about. Um. So you were just talking about you know, kind of what Jordan loves. Sorry, I'm in the wind here. Kind of what Jordan loves superpower is. What's his takeaway from maybe Rogers? Like Rogers watched Favre throwing too many picks. He becomes this maybe to his own detriment, uber conservative. You know, doesn't throw any picks his whole career. And you were bringing, you were talking about the Kansas City game with love. Look, so I started a new job this week, right? And it's so funny because when you you get your first opportunity to do the thing after you've been training at all, or even write, and those, the mistakes you make, like if you have a presentation or something, right, and you just totally, there's this one thing that you just did not know. It's like when you get a question wrong on a test. You are going to remember that question for the rest of your life, right? And I think that Kansas City game is going to have that effect on Jordan Love where he gets his time to shine, and they just blitz the heck out of him like we all watched. And I actually think he actually showed an incredible amount of poise considering how little the team and the coaches did to help him out. Uh, that, that was the most disappointing thing there. I've gone back and watched that game many times, and I actually think Love was, he was incredibly poised. I, I didn't think he was panicking. He's He's got three blitzers bearing down on him. You go back and watch that. He doesn't flinch. He knows he's going to get killed. 
Um, there's some, he's got that huge fourth down touchdown to, I believe it's Lazard. I believe he's got to get another really big fourth down conversion in that game against crazy blitzes. So, I mean, I think he was actually poised, but the wrap going out of that game was, well, he can't deal with the blitz. Um, I'm willing to bet you going forward that, I don't know if it's his superpower or whatever, and I don't even know if it has anything to do with Rodgers, but that experience, I believe, is going to shape him because if you're at a new job and you fail something, you you better believe that's going to be the thing you work on like crazy, you know? And so I think you're right in your assessment that, that love is going to end up being one of these just blitz killers. And I know Rodgers was for many years. I think love even more. I think it's going to be – and if you look at his tape, right, you can see him. He, it's like third step, bam, ball out. If it's five step, bam, ball out. He's getting through his reads quickly. So, all right, talk to you later. Yeah, and I think the whole team in general is going to, I mean, blitzing is a pretty high-risk thing. I mean, if, if you blitz and don't get home, I, you, you know because you when you sit there and you watch it on your couch, you know, you watch a Packer game and you see them bring extra blitzers, and then you see no pressure, there's no worse feeling than that. He, You know, you bring an extra guy off the edge and he gets picked up and there's no pressure, it's like, oh, we're screwed. We're screwed. There's nothing worse than that because you know somebody's open down the field. You know the quarterback's going to find him, and you know they're going to hit him probably for a pretty big gain. There is a risk to bringing extra guys out of coverage in hopes of getting to the quarterback. And if teams decide they're going to start doing that, the Packers could easily adjust and, and throw a bunch of quick hitters. I mean, there, there are a bunch of easy ways. They didn't have it for the Chiefs game, but I don't know. that They, they clearly just were not prepared for it. I mean, the team, I mean, they tried running screens, and it just didn't work, and it was just kind of sloppy. But... They're going to have time to prepare for that. If if your plan, which I doubt any believe in plan that, because yeah, to to even assume that that's still going to be a thing is is kind of stupid. But yeah, not just Jordan Love, the the coaches, everybody is going to be prepared for. If you try to do this, we're going to do that, and that's the NFL in general. If there's something that's working, we have to fix it. Working for them, I mean. If they're able to neutralize us by doing this, then we need to find a way to beat them while they do that. Hey, Ryan, this is Takatsu from Virginia. Uh, I'm just calling. Uh, I just have a really kind of dumb question. I'm just curious on what you think would possibly happen. So let's just say realistically we don't start off great because we tend to never start off great. And they start, you know, accusing Jordan Love of, you know, being garbage. And we go back to this. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, do you think that we are going to be looking at possibly someone trying to get rid of LaFleur, or are we going to try to continue pushing forward? Because I think that it, it, if I'm, it seemed like they were he was in the hot seat to last year, and it wouldn't make any sense this coming year if they were going to still put him in it, but I'm just curious on what you think. Are they going to pressure him, or are they going to possibly get rid of him? It just seems silly, especially with the, with the new year, but, I mean, other coaches have gotten fired for way less in the past and, you know, for goofy reasons. So I'm just kind of curious on your end what you think would most likely happen. Uh, would they give him another shot if this was a bad season, or are we going to potentially move forward with some other head coach, which I think would be, you know, passing honestly. That's all I got. Thank you. I don't know if you've answered this already, but, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, the overly simplistic answer to the question is you would fire Matt LaFleur if Matt LaFleur is determined to be the problem, right? So if Jordan Love is bad, and therefore the season is bad, but everything else seemed to be okay, there's no reason to fire the head coach. 
Um, and, unless the assessment is that you just didn't utilize them right, but I, I would doubt that. If the team as a whole is not working and people are not ready and all that kind of stuff, that's when you would start to have those conversations. But, I mean, you, you'd have to watch the season, watch it fail, and then try to come to the determination of why is it failing. And if that comes down to Matt LaFleur, then it's Matt LaFleur. If it's, again, if it's just Jordan Love, because he's just really, really bad and he's holding everybody back, that has really nothing to do, obviously, with, with Matt LaFleur. So, you know, without going through every single possible scenario, I, I'll just oversimplify the answer and say if the problem is determined to be Matt LaFleur, um, then that's when you would kind of move in that direction. But I, I, either way, I, I can't imagine that he gets fired after this year. Look how long they hold on to Joe Barry. Um, I think, you, you, first of all, I don't think he was necessarily on the hot seat. I think people like me and certain fans were starting to question him. I don't know that there was any actual heat from the uh, under the coach. So I, I think you have to go through that first. Like that first year of, okay, that was bad. Then there is sort of the... We need to fix this, and then if it doesn't get fixed, now we can start talking about maybe he gets replaced. But it wouldn't be like the first time that that rolls around. Because I don't think he's being held accountable for last year. Maybe he is. I don't know, but I don't really think so. So um, I think if he has a bad year this year, even if it's determined to be him, I don't really think that um, he ends up taking the heat. Why don't we take a break? Um, Patreon, all that stuff. We'll come back and uh, take some more questions. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Ryan, Kyle from Madison again. Hi. So, to be fair, I think I'm listening to about four of our four of your podcasts today. Fair enough. And I just some great topics I've had a comment on each of them. All right. And last one, I promise. But well, also because I'm out of podcasts, I think I'm almost caught up. But I gotta save you some stress here, my man. Trying to figure out why these people are hating on receivers, hating on Jordan Love so hard. I'm gonna let you know why. It's because we've had sustained success 
Yes, we'd all love to have multiple Super Bowls, but we've been a successful franchise with two back-to-back Hall of Famers. And these other teams are scared to death that we're going to string it together and do it again. And these people are wish-casting. Of course they want you to think, oh, no, you know, Lazard was the, you know, these guys go to the Jets, just like you said, they're... These were not the answer. And yes, there's every reason that, that Christian Watson can be a number one receiver. There's, there's every possibility these guys can fill the void that Randall Cobb and Lazard have left. Absolutely, and then some. Because I think the fact that these are going to be all, all these guys are going to be the same age, they're going to be fighting. Remember when Rodgers, you know, when the belt came about with Ruvel Martin and all those practice squad guys came up? And they had that let's go get it, take on the world attitude. And that was when the belt came about because they were all in the practice squad together. They were the same age, and they were terrifying, right? And that's what that's what all these haters are afraid of. They're afraid of the synergy that these young players are going to get together, and they're scared as heck that the Packers are going to do it again. So they're wish-casting with their you-know-what takes and their lazy takes, because they hope, and they might be doing it subconsciously. It might just be the lazy, you know, national media take. But I guarantee you, the division rivals, the NFC rivals, it is wish-casting. They are scared as heck that we're going to do again. So they're going to keep saying and saying and saying the same garbage over and over and over, thinking maybe, just maybe, if they say it enough times, it'll become a reality. But don't, don't sweat it, my brother. This is not... Don't try to figure it out with logic either. This is emotional. They just are scared of the Packers. You're going to put it together again, and so it's just so much easier to sit there and just trash everything and hate all these players. And, of course, they can't make it, and, of course, they don't have talent. And you and I know that, no, there's no sure things, but there's every reason to believe that they could do it as well. Right? So that's all i got to say. I'll leave you alone. Yeah, I think there's probably a big part of that. Um, again, I played it last year when they were the national media guys saying they're just tired of the Packers, right? They're just, they're tired of it. And I think there is some, probably for some of the, it's individual for everybody, although there's probably groups, but there's individual, um, reasons for it, whether that be small town bias or just being tired of talking about the Packers every single year, or whether it's, you know, again, this belief that, Rodgers was the whole team, and now that he's gone, everything must fail. I'm sure there's lots of reasons, but I guess my larger point is I, I have not heard a good one yet. I just haven't heard it. I haven't even really heard people try to come up with good reasons. They just make declarations with nothing to back it up. Uh, I wanted to call in and give you a list of reasons why you should still watch the Fast and Furious series and take it seriously. Ready? And he hangs up the phone. Good one. All right, all right, I'm kidding. Um, but I, I actually do watch the movies, and I'm going to see the new one. But I fully admit and acknowledge that they are just terrible at this point. I can't tell you the last one that I enjoyed. It was like <sighs> number six or seven. <laughs> Uh, and they, not only is like number 10 coming out, but they've done at least one spinoff. I think they've done two spinoffs now. For sure one spinoff. It's awful. It really is. And the one 
for me that I had to start viewing the series differently. It was, I think, number five, which is the one with the bank vault, it's the one with the, the rock. It is awful. Um, the reason I watch it is because I have a buddy who loves the movies. And we just kind of watch them and laugh at how terrible it is. And then we pretend that it's cool. Like we're we're in full-on pretend land here. I mean, they're, they are just awful. But they're also fun. Uh, and then I do go back and watch like the, the originals. You know, one, two, Tokyo Drift, of course, is a good one. I mean, there's, there's you know, different order you're supposed to watch them in, but... The early ones I genuinely just like as good movies. And then all the new ones, I just watch them once when they first come out and just laugh at how terrible they are. And that's about it. Uh, the only one that I just truly couldn't get any enjoyment out of was uh, whatever the one is where they, there's like a submarine <laughs> that comes up through the ice and they're like trying to jump cars over the submarine. That was terrible. But I'm, I'm having a hard time with it because the spinoff is about uh, Jason Statham's character and The Rock's character. And the villain is literally a superhero with actual superpowers. And I just, I struggle with it because, you know, it all started out with them stealing VCRs. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, there's nothing redeeming about it except... You know, we just get together and have a good time and laugh how dumb it is. And, I don't know, it's kind of like kind of like laughing at some of the NFL drama that happens. Like, you know it's stupid, but it's still kind of entertaining. Kind of how it is for me. Like a soap opera. Like a chick flick for dudes. <laughs> kind of how I view the Fast series. Just bad, but also good. I mean, I get it on paper. You know, it makes sense the words you're saying, but I can't sit and watch that. That's uh, I mean, I, I guess I, I, I guess I don't know. I know I was really angered by the last one I saw because of how stupid it was, and I know they're just getting dumber, so I can't imagine I would like it. But who knows? Um, I mean, I, I struggle with the Marvel movies, and those are superheroes. They can do whatever they want, right? You got full license to be as ridiculous as you want. Um, but I, yeah, it's it it does suck too because. Like you said, the first ones I I don't I haven't seen it in forever when it first came out, whenever that was. But I thought the first one was enjoyable. I thought I liked it. It made sense, you know, the racing and whatnot. It was it's kind of just an action movie. It felt like an action movie that you know obviously had a lot to do with cars, but it felt like that wasn't. It it it, it seems like now they're making action movies where it's like, what would a cool action movie be? and then just wrap it in a car. Even if it seems ridiculous or impossible to do in a car, just put it around, like like that scene where they jumped off a cliff and then like swung on a rope over to this other side and then like came off the rope and whatever. I've seen stuff like that happen. And it's not entirely unrealistic, but slightly unrealistic. But to do it in a car makes no sense. But that's what they do. Okay, okay, I have one more. All right. Here's the film franchise that I can't understand at all. I don't know who watches these movies. Transformers. 
I've never actually watched it. It, it seems so stupid to me. I don't even have any interest in trying to watch it. Ah. Now we got like the gorilla transformers going on. And I just, I, I literally couldn't tell you any of the actors who have been in it. I saw the first one. I saw, and I hated it. I tried watching the second one and I was so bored I turned it off. Um, I know at one point they did like one that was all about Bumblebee and it was like billed as like this kind of, I don't know, retro sort of movie and the advertising for it seemed cool. Dude, I, I got like three quarters of the way through and I finally was at the point where I was like, all right, I have seen enough of this movie to conclusively say that I know I hate it. Irredeemable. And I, I don't care about the resolution. Right. So I just shut it off. No idea what happened in it. Um, and and now they just keep making more and more and more. And I just want to know who's watching these. Right. Do you watch them? No. Stupid. There, I think there are just like action junkies out there. Uh, and again, I, I just compare them to people that are like really into wrestling. Because it's like, I know it's fake, but I don't care. I enjoy the, the fake drama of it and all that. That's the only thing I can compare it to. Because it, it seems childlike. Or I could see, like, a kid liking these movies. I can't imagine an adult liking these movies. Because it's just... It's like eating pure... Sh- like, spoonfuls of sugar. You know, because it's like... You know, mom and dad are gone. What are we gonna do? Like, let's let's eat all candy and cake. It's like, but that's not even good, dude. Like, I could see that if you were a kid. But as an adult, like, if I could do whatever I want, I want to, like, make some steaks, you know? Like, food that tastes really good. And, like, do a really good job making it. Make a homemade pizza that's just freaking delicious. I made a breakfast pizza that was so good. It was so good. These movies to me are like, let's get boxes of snack cakes and just eat them. There's no substance to it. It's all garbage. It's just big explosions and like really good CGI, like, you know, making fake stuff look real and really fast, loud. It's like, okay. It's like buying a video game, and what do you do in the video game? You blow stuff up. What's, what, like what? Like everything. You get like a bunch of things that you can use to, you can get like grenades, rocket launcher. Okay, but what do you do? You blow stuff up. Well, do you have to like build up to it? No, you just blow stuff up. How do you win? You don't, you just blow stuff up. Like, okay, this is stupid. I'm not playing this game. I don't, I don't get it. If it makes you happy, I want you to do it as much as you possibly can. You go ahead and do what you got to do. I'm just looking at this thinking, I can't imagine why any grown adult would watch it. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's teenagers that are just super into it. I know it's like a lot of younger people that are into like Marvel. Although there's adults doing it now too. And it is kind of that weird, like apparently there's this thing where there's like 20 something year olds who are like obsessed with Marvel, like overly obsessed with it to the point where it's like, you're not a child anymore. You need to grow up. Maybe there is kind of that, but it's, it's catering to like a younger middle school audience but then there's like adults who still are into it i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know but i am with you in so far as i just i don't understand it but i like steven seagal movies so who am i to talk hey ryan this is joe the janitor what up um you know just giving a call actually on vacation in florida i saw the pics i wanted to touch in because i was listening to the Packernet after dark. I'll be honest, Joe the janitor. I was um pretty jealous. 
I saw the pictures you posted of a steak. And um, then later at Disney, I saw the, the Disney castle or whatever, and I was very jealous. I have not been in a very long time. And I'm hoping to be able to get back there sometime soon because I would love a vacation. Podcast. And um, I'm a little angry. You know, I, I just wanted to say um, Nico's definitely right. Uh, you, you guys... You guys definitely have a voice for radio. That was a good one. That made me chuckle. <laughs> that was pretty good. Anyway, um, oh man, Seth, it? I just gotta say, <laughs> the, the um, rabbit hole is really, really deep. If you think that I might be Tom Austin, uh-huh. it's kind of, kind of an insult in a little bit of ways. Um, because. Definitely not Tom Austin. Okay. Joe Janner is definitely not a kindergarten teacher either. Um, certified janitor. <laughs> if you want to critique my janitorial skills, you um, you should definitely step into a rest area in Georgia because my way from Connecticut to uh, Florida, um, yeah, there's a rest stop in Georgia. I I, um, I pinned the location if anyone wants it. The worst place I've ever seen. I got to tell you, my janitorial skills are way better than that. But um, shalom. <laughs> I appreciate the update. I hope the vacation's going well, and I'm sorry about the bad. Hey bathroom. Ryan, hey man, Joe the janitor um, from Connecticut here, calling from Florida. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say another thing. Yes, that um. The bears suck. Okay. I hate them. Yep. Show them. Very well said and astute. Well, hello, Ryan. This is Trucker Bob. What's up, Trucker Bob? I seem to have gotten hammered here over by one phone call about (laughs) cheese ball, or cheese balling, or whatever he calls himself. I I feel, I don't know, did I do something wrong? I feel like this is devolved into, like, callers just fighting with each other now. I hope it doesn't stay that way. Guys, just everybody be nice. This is the point, and I think people are missing the point. Cheeseballing kept calling in over and over and over and over again, making this one single point over and over and over again. It was a boring discussion. After the first back and forth, both sides had said what they said, and then we move on. That's all you have to do. But that's not what happened. Ryan, you ended up dumping over 100 phone calls of people who had called in because you spent so much time with cheese balling. Come on now, Trucker Bob. I didn't dump 100 calls because of che- cheese balling called in about seven times. So I missed, if I'm allowed to talk about two of them, I missed maybe six calls. I dumped a lot of calls because of the news that came in later. And so I skipped ahead several weeks, and then I didn't want to go back because nobody cares about the previous conversations. It wasn't because of cheese ball, and I can promise you that. That other people didn't get a chance to get on and speak. And I said if you had a point that you wanted to bring up that was still relevant, you could just call right back in. What they had said, I know I had at least two calls that got dumped in your dump. Again. If cheese balling never existed, I still would have skipped lots and lots of calls. 
Because again, when some big news happens, I want to get to the big news. I forgot what it was. It was the draft, right? The draft happened. I'm not going to talk about two weeks prior to the draft when the draft just happened. In fact, I was tempted to do it again because we got the big news that broke whatever. Uh, plus OTAs are starting, but it's fine. We'll get there. We're starting to get caught up on calls. We're down sub 60 at this point. But the point is, I skipped to get up to where the draft was, and I skipped probably, what, 40 calls or something? It was a lot of calls. It really, honestly, had nothing to do with cheese balling, aside from the fact that I could have gotten to maybe six more calls. Now, there's a lot of people I love listening to on this program, and that's the vast majority. And you and cheese balling had your roundabout. That was fine. But when it just kept going on and on, show after show, sometimes taking up almost half the show, it had to quit. Now, you came up with this rule, maybe you should only have one call per session. Well, that's not feasible either because sometimes it takes more than three minutes to make your point. And people should be allowed to do that. Also, people should be allowed to make multiple points if they want to say, something this call at a totally different point on another call, that's fine also. I'm really not um, that excited about one call per session. What I do want is if somebody's just coming in and just hammering you about the same thing over and over again, show after show, I just think that you should say, we've already discussed that, we've made our points, I'm going on to the next call. I think that's all you need to do. So all these people thinking, I'm this and I'm that. No, I made a complaint about one person that was literally hogging the show. And that was my only complaint. Uh, so, Ryan, that is my defense. Do with it you want. I love you. I love your show. And I love listening to all these different viewpoints and subjects. Have a good day. Yeah, I get it. And that, that ultimately was the resolution. I mean, again, to further be fair, it wasn't just one point. He was talking about a bunch of other stuff. But it once it started to get a little circular, what I had to say is, look, here is what I need from you. Because, you know, we're, we're kind of having the same conversation over and over and over again. And, and it, it wasn't even that it was the same. It was that it started going down a, a arguing about the arguments arguments, right? Well, well you... you you said that it was uh, this, and that's an ad hominem or what. You know, it's like, all right, listen, listen, listen. We're going way down the rabbit hole here. If you want to call, continue this discussion, I need this information from you. Because it did get to the point where it was like, all right, this is really becoming very repetitive, and we need to put a bow on this. So, yeah, it may, maybe it went longer than you would have liked. I get it. I'm sure there are a lot. And that's the other problem. It's It's... I agree. It went longer than I liked. And there's a lot of calls that I'll be honest, I listen to, and I'm as I'm listening to it, I'm going, this isn't interesting to me. And I don't have anything to say, and I don't want to say anything about this. I don't care. But I got to do the thing. And so it is, it isn't, to me anyways, maybe I'm stupid, it isn't quite that black and white. At what point do I put my foot down and say, I don't want to talk about this anymore? I mean, how many times have we talked about horror movies and uh, pizza and updates on joe the janitor i mean at what point do i just say i don't want to hear about this anymore you know what i mean we have to stop talking about this i get what you're saying i'm just saying it's it's there there never seems to be like a solid line i can draw and especially considering he was one of the only detractors to call into the show i was especially um 
hesitant to just stop taking his calls. Because that looks really bad. If it's like, you know what, anybody else can call in about anything they want to talk about, but you know more. You know what I mean? That that doesn't look good. So I wanted him to be able to say his piece, but I, I, I do think it got to the point where it was just, we weren't really making any ground, and so I said enough is enough. And by the way, the, the, the biggest amount of calls that got skipped were cheese ballings. He had a, a, about eight more calls that all got skipped in that big skipping thing that happened. So I'm sorry if you or anybody else got uh, annoyed by their calls getting skipped, but uh, again, you, you've got to understand where I'm coming from with that. If something major like the draft happens or like OTAs are happening or whatever, we need to get to that point. This is what people want to listen to. And if it's going to take me like a week to get there, I can't. We got to skip ahead, right? First day of the draft, we have to go to the draft. And there's no point when I can double back. That's not going to happen because it's going to be weeks and weeks and weeks of the next thing that's coming up that we need to talk about. So I just decided they're done. They're gone. I'm, not, I'm never going to make it back there. So again, if there was something that you wanted to mention, feel free to call in, put your uh, call back to the bottom of the list, and we'll get there when we get there, unless it gets skipped again. But it's the nature of the business, man. It is what it is. Nothing I can do about that. Hey, Ryan. This is Trucker Bob. Hey, Trucker Bob. I'm calling back to defend myself on another issue. And this is the question I'm going to answer. Who was Aaron Rodgers and his place in NFL history? I was a little surprised and shocked when you agreed with the caller about Rodgers' fourth quarter stats in, in playoff games and how he um, did not succeed very well. Your whole show is about this place is because here are the stats. For example, you quote PFF stat score all the time when you talk about different players, like the Bears quarterback. It backs up what you say that he's not good. You point out players that aren't that good because of the stats. However, when some guy comes and rants about Rodgers and his stats in playoff games in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, that does it matter? Really, Ryan? Are you kidding me? I'm not sure what we're referring to here, to be honest with you, Trucker Bob. Let me prove my point using another sport. Let's say it's the NBA Finals. It's Game 7. It's the fourth quarter, and 15 seconds are left in the game. Who do you want with the ball in their hands? Do you want... Clyde Drexler, who's a Hall of Fame player. Charles Barkley, who's a Hall of Fame player. John Stockton, who's a Hall of Fame player. Or Michael Jordan, a Hall of Fame player. But because of his production in the fourth quarter, he has the three championship rings from those playoffs. So who do you want to have the ball in the... Well, the the problem with your question, and I'll... I'll if you want to know my honest answer to the question you're at, because I don't know. I don't know anything about basketball. I watched the, the Bulls in the 90s, but I don't, I don't know much about it. It's kind of a loaded question because you're giving me the answer and then asking me what my answer is. You're telling me that he was the best in the fourth quarter, so who do you want in the fourth quarter? Well, I want the one that's the best in the fourth quarter. Right? I, I, it seems like... I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't really understand where we're going with this. Fourth quarter, 15 seconds left. It's a no-brainer. You want Michael Jordan. Right. He performs in the fourth quarter. All right. That makes Eli sense. Eli Manning has two Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Roger has one. Yeah. Why? Because in the fourth quarter, he led his team to outscore Green Bay 17-7. to Wilson has led Seattle to the Super Bowl twice, while Rodgers has once. Why? Because in the fourth quarter and overtime, Wilson put up 22 points for Seattle, he led his team to, and Rodgers only led the Packers to two field goals. I will continue on with another call. Well, again, I don't even know what I said or what I, I don't know. I don't even know what position I took. Was I pro or anti? I don't even know what I had said. Apparently, I agreed with a caller. I don't know. Um, and as far as stats, if somebody called in, I, you know my rule on the show. I don't generally look up stats, so probably didn't really dig into it too much. Was either just agreeing or I don't know. I don't know what we're referring to. But I will say this: I talked not too long ago about the. Stats, if you want to actually answer a question, you develop your formula first and then apply it to the players and not the other way around. This is not the formula I would choose. I wouldn't start with how many championships do they have because that seems to be the theme that you're going with is is looking at who has more championships, more Super Bowls, and then just applying, well, therefore, they're better in the fourth quarter. I would go directly to just leave out all the, the Super Bowl stuff and just go directly to the fourth quarter. If the question is, who's the best in the fourth quarter, let's look at the fourth quarter. So those are the stats I'd be more interested in. And there's a, a, I'd have to start to think about, and again, leave the players out of it. Don't look at the stats until you de- decide what is the best way to do this. I'd have to think about it for a while. Like what, you know, you can't just do points because points is the whole team and everything. So what would be the criteria? But I, I do know that it would not be championships because that's we're just going too many layers away. There's too many variables involved that are just unnecessary var- variables that can be removed. But you could certainly look at his baseline of play and then compare that to his production in the fourth quarter or possibly look at other players in the fourth quarter because maybe there are just other variables in the fourth quarter you know that, that would apply to many other quarterbacks. And just compare them. You could look at quarterback rating. You could look at passer rating. You could whatever. But that's that's my thought right now. I'm still kind of doing a guessing game here, trying to figure out what I said, what my position was, and what I said that was wrong. Because I mean, I guess what you're saying so far makes sense. I'm not really super disagreeing with you, aside from you know what I just said. But uh, yeah, he calls back, so we'll see if we can get a little more clarification on what's going on here. Let me give you another example. Okay. John Elway has two Super Bowl rings. Okay. Brett Favre has one. Why? Because in the Super Bowl, in the fourth quarter, he led a drive that put the Broncos with the game-winning touchdown. These are the stats. This is the evidence. This is the proof. These quarterbacks led their team in the fourth quarter, putting the winning scores on the board, when their team needed it. Has Rodgers done that? No. So let me let me stop you. My honest answer to that question of has Rodgers done that would be I don't know. I don't know. You could say, well, how could you not know? Don't I mean how many Super Bowls did he win? But that's not a I don't I don't know because I'd have to go back and watch the circumstances. It could have been other maybe Rodgers threw a, an absolute dime 
to get the Packers within field goal position and the receiver dropped it. That wouldn't be Rodgers' problem, right? So, again, there's a lot of different variables here that I, I don't know and I don't remember. And again, if the question is fourth quarter period compared to fourth quarter in the Super Bowl or fourth quarter in the playoffs, I don't know what the question was. I don't, I don't exactly remember. But again, this is... Uh, you're, you're bringing up criteria that I don't think I would necessarily be using in, in terms of there being a direct correlation between how many points the team scored in the fourth quarter or what, whatever it is. I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think we're on the same page exactly with that. But again, I don't even necessarily know what the question or, or position was. Who is Rogers then? He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yep. We recognize that. He won a Super Bowl. We recognize that. But he's a John Stockton, Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley Hall of Famer. The greatest ones he is not. Why? Because Michael Jordan could put and Larry Bird could put the ball in the basket in the fourth quarter. Montana, Elway, Brady, why? Because when the fourth quarter came up, they produced and led their teams to victory with fourth quarter touchdown drives. And they did it many times, so they have multiple Super Bowl rings. Rodgers got his ring, but he is not in the greatest because in the fourth quarter of final game playoffs, he only beat the other quarterback two out of nine times in the fourth quarter. These are the stats. I'm sorry, Ryan. But the stats show that you and that other caller missed it. Missed the boat big time. What you do in the fourth quarter of playoff games defines your career. Those are the facts. The stats prove that point, And there's no reason for you to agree so fully with that other caller like you did. I love Rodgers. Thank you for being a Green Bay Packer. But when the game when the game was on the line in the fourth quarter multiple multiple times, he did not lead Green Bay to victory. Sorry, but he's just a Hall of Fame quarterback with the others. He does not rank with the greatest of all time. Thank you, and uh, I love your show. Yeah, so again, I, I still don't exactly know what it is that I agreed with or didn't agree with. Apparently, somebody called in and said he's actually really good. Um, I, I will agree with you insofar as, you know, I, I've conceded that Tom Brady is the GOAT, right? I, I used to argue that, that he's not as good as Rodgers because Rodgers is a better quarterback. But at the same time, what I was really saying is he's a better thrower of the football. There's more to being a quarterback than that, though. And his ability to find ways to win and everything else. And you could say, well, it's not all him. It's a team sport. Okay, fair enough. But I still think that there's a, a, an element to that, to being clutch, to being, you know, uh, you know, everybody knew that when Tom Brady was down in the fourth quarter, whatever, he was coming back. You just knew it. And you could tell, you can't even say it wasn't Tom Brady because it, you could see it, the freaking fire in his eyes. There's no denying that. But there are still other variables there. And so, again, I don't really know what his performance was. I probably did. I probably looked it up a thousand times and I keep forgetting, but let me just see if I can find something really quick and break my own rule of actually looking stuff up because I'm curious. Here's what I'm going to do. Postseason fourth quarter stats, and we'll leave it at that. All right, so full disclosure, 
Um, I'm just familiarizing myself with um, R and using this whole scraper thing. Um, I think I might have done this right. I don't know. But I tried to pull data for quarterbacks, fourth quarter, postseason. Minimum of 10 passing attempts. This goes back to like 99 or something. Actually, I should probably make it more than 10, right? Rodgers, it says, has over 200 attempts. That could be wrong. I don't know. No, we'll just do 20 just to tighten it up a little bit. Looking at completion percentage, just going with what I have to work with here. 82 quarterbacks. Rodgers is 44th uh, with a 55.23% completion percentage. Um, his touchdown to interception ratio is 11 to 3, which is pretty good, but it's behind a lot. It's actually ranked 30th. Granted, some of these are perfect touchdown interception ratios with smaller sample sizes, but um, Philip Rivers, 8 2, Josh Allen, 8 2, Dak Prescott, 4 1. Nick Foles, 4-1. Matt Ryan, 5-1. Kurt Warner, 10-2. Pat Mahomes is actually 11-2. And again, again, you get that, those are just the not perfect ones. Uh, but you got some other ones that are... Uh, Lamar Jackson is actually 3-0. Deshaun Watson is 3-0. Uh, Maddox is 3-0. Uh, Jeff George is 4-0. Davis Mills, 3-0. Um, so I don't know. I mean, again, this is this is me just taking a wild swing here. I, I need to play with this more and make sure these are even the right numbers. And then it would be better to get some different data, not just, I mean, I made up touchdown interception ratio. The only thing that's here is uh, completions, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I guess, again, not really understanding what I had said or whatever, um, what I know is that I, I don't believe I've put in enough work to have a solid opinion. I do think a lot of people have firm opinions without actually knowing the information, which maybe is what I was pushing back on. I don't know. In other words, there is a general narrative that he is just bad, and that's sort of the problem. And there's a general narrative to the opposite, too, that none of it was his fault, which I know I've also pushed back against. But the fact that I honestly don't know and don't have an opinion, I don't know what I could have possibly said, but I really don't know my opinion on him uh, down the stretch. I do know that it was generally... Um, perceived that he was a, a great option if you're down in the fourth quarter. I know I always had a lot of faith in it, and usually that was rewarded. And uh, I know there's a lot of other variables, the times that we marched down and, and scored, and then the defense gave up a score or whatever the case may be. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big project, I would say, to really try to figure out the best way to figure out if he was a good fourth quarter quarterback or whatever. And I don't think I've done the work, but from the little sample size I see here, he's certainly not at the top. But I also, again, I would not necessarily just boil it down to um, championship wins and whatnot. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, please be sure to tune in tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft. Very excited about that. We've got that coming to Green Bay in a couple years, as well as uh, the first day of OTAs. We'll get a little bit into that and uh, see what happened in OTAs. Have a good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you.